I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot... Going hot. There is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed. It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Welcome everybody to Rapid Fire, sponsored by Vortex Optics. I'm your host, Toby Leary. I'm co-owner of Cape Gunworks in Hyannis. And we encourage you to join our broadcast whenever we're recording the show and go to capegunworks.com, click on Rapid Fire so that you can be notified whenever we go live. Vortex Optics is one of the uh, platinum sponsors of the show and they are an amazing company. I just want to give you a quick testimony of one of their uh, people who came in our shop the other day and said that he screwed something up while he was mounting the, the uh, scope on his gun and he lost one of the screws that, to put it all together and um, I think it was on like a one of the pistol sights. And he couldn't finish it. He couldn't, uh, you know, get it together. And he called them and he said, look, I, I lost the screw in the middle of putting it on my gun. And, you know, can I buy another one? And they said, don't worry about it. And they just, within a day or two, he had a envelope on his at his door so he could finish that out. And he was just blown away with that customer service. So it's not often that you get that type of response out of a big company like that and uh, he was pleasantly surprised he couldn't say enough good stuff about vortex optics we are really happy to be um, a big dealer for vortex and we sell more than uh, more of their product than any other optic hands down in our in our store and we've had nothing but good uh, reliability out of their product as well as great response and customer service so check out all the offering of the Vortex uh, lineup, um, we'd love to help you with that. So without further ado, we're going to jump right in and uh, we will be taking your questions. We will also talk about some of the news of the day. We'll also talk about um, some of the stuff upcoming at Cape Gunworks. Uh, we're really happy about that. But one of the things that was a little bit of disappointment for me this week was I spoke to a rep from a big ammo company. Um, and I said, things are looking up, right? We're starting to see production, we're starting to get some stuff in kind of regularly, but I haven't got anything from, from you guys in well over a month, probably about five, six weeks. Um, do we have something coming out anytime soon? And he said, eh, well, uh, yeah, about that. And he said, look, things are still pretty bad out there. He told me a couple of distributors got some big orders, but the fact of the matter is I didn't get any calls from my distributors saying, hey, I got ammo. So that tells me they're filling back orders. And once those back orders are all filled out, then they'll probably start calling around to dealers and offering some ammo. But the bottom line is they didn't have uh, much in the way of ammo to send our way. And they said, hopefully it'll start coming in more frequently and more reliably, but uh, it doesn't look good for a little while to come. So all that being said, we do have a big supply of ammo in, in stock right now, and we still have no ammo limits. 
Um, anything that starts with a three is still pretty hard to get. 38, 357, 3030 is impossible. Uh, 380 is hit or miss. It's very tough. I got a ton of uh, 380 defensive ammo, but we're pretty much out of the full metal jacket and we get very little quantities of that. So um, anyway, long story short, it doesn't look like the ammo situation is getting better as I was hopefully optimistic about and have talked about a little bit. Um, but we still have a pretty good inventory of it and we aren't limiting people on what they can buy. One of the coolest things you'll see if you come in the store anytime soon is we have a huge pallet of um, the spam cans, the Russian 762 by 39 and it's in the, the shipping crate and has two spam cans in and the whole thing is sealed in lead so it's set up for long-term storage and you know it'll last for years to come so if you need to stock up on some of that especially with the whole embargo that's coming down and the state department's refusal to extend contracts on russian importation of ammunition and uh, firearms so yeah, there was that. Um, we just came off our uh, Top Shot Invitational last weekend, which was awesome. It was September 11th, and we had a sold-out event. We sold out every slot and then some. We actually had more, uh, more than a sellout, um, but it worked out great. So we had a lot of people come in and shoot, some people for the very first time, some people who've been competing for years, and uh, Nosset Rod and Gun Club was the winner. They put together a team. So the Nosset guys, the Nosset Rod and Gun. And I got to say, I'm a member out there. So I feel a little bit like a small part of that. But I didn't shoot. So, um, But those guys did very well. And they came home with the trophy. So they'll be coming in next week for a photo op. And to be presented with their prize. They all got a one-year membership to Cape Gunworks. Plus some other cool stuff and doodahs and if you missed it you're going to want to sign up for next year because it's going to be even better if we can get our act together we're going to split it into two different divisions we're going to do an open division and a uh, standard division the standard division will be like what we ran this year where we supply all four guns and you doesn't matter your skill level but if you really want to compete for the to, for the trophy then you can join the open division and bring your own guns and use, you know, your own equipment and whatnot and your special recipe bullets and all that good stuff. So that's what's on the horizon for that. It was a huge success. We raised thousands of dollars for Heroes in Transition and the Nicholas G. Xaros Fund, and we look forward to presenting them with some big checks figuratively and literally because we like to get those big, giant checks made, right? So... Yeah, we're going to do that. So we'll have a nice little presentation about that. But it was a, you know, very somber day, 20th anniversary of September 11th. And for those of us who remember that day, it was the day that changed everything. So it was, um, you know, you're never going to forget where you were and you knew life changed forever. So it was, um, it was one of those days that just happen to uh, you know be one of those impactful days that will were burned and seared into our memory and seared into our 
you know, it fully impressed upon us um, how volatile this world is and not to mention that, but how temporal life is and how it can be taken away in the moment's notice. And so live every day as if it's your last. That's the way I've tried to live my life and be there for those who love me and love those who are there for me. So hopefully you guys had a had a good day on Saturday and obviously some memories that are sometimes hard to remember, but also the positives that came as a result of our nation being unified in the days and weeks and months after September 11th. I remember never being so proud to be an American when I saw like, you know, entire stadiums of people singing the national anthem and carrying flags and dressing patriotic and uh, being there for everybody. And it didn't matter if you were Democrat, Republican. It didn't matter if you were rich or poor, white or black. Everybody was there kind of arm in arm, hand in hand. It was over too quick, but it was a part of a, a time that I hold fond memories of, the unification and we spoke as one voice for a certain period of time. And I'd love to see that again. My heart longs for that again. All right, we'll be right back. Uh, if you're hearing this and you don't have your gun license, we have regularly scheduled LTC classes, including ladies and couples classes at kategunworks.com. We'll be right back. This is Rapid Fire. If you crave versatility in a tactical reticle, the new ARBDC-3 delivers with a host of features you need to adapt in the field. A 1MOA center dot provides a precise point of aim, while the surrounding 16MOA open circle helps get your eye into the center faster for rapid target acquisition in close quarters. The ARBDC-3 also adapts to a variety of light conditions. The center dot and surrounding open circle illuminate for low light shooting, and because the reticle is glass etched, it can also function without any illumination. When you need to go long, the upper ranging feature allows you to range silhouette targets up to 600 yards, while the bullet drop compensator, or BDC, keeps you on target up to 650 yards. Plus, you get wind holds for 5, 10, and 15 mile per hour winds. The ARBDC-3 is specifically tuned to the ballistic performance of most common 5.56 loads out of an AR-15. There are resources in the reticle manual for conversions to 308, and as with any BDC, information gathered from a chronograph and ballistics calculator can adapt these hash marks to any other caliber and its own unique ballistic curve. From point blank to way down range, adapt with the ARBDC-3. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary. And join us every week on our live recording of this show at capegunworks.com. Click on Rapid Fire and we'll be on a, a bevy of social media live streaming this show and we'll answer your questions, which we are going to do this segment. So if I haven't got to your questions yet, have no fear, it's coming. So just to wrap up my thoughts on the last hour, uh, last segment there, about September 11th, um, you know, all in all, we had a great event on that day. We had Representative Tim Whalen stop by, and we also had uh, Representative Nicholas Xaros come by, who is the 
gold star father of the Nicol I'm sorry, Stephen Exaros of the Nicholas G. Exaros charity. And uh, DCX, as he's fondly referred to, um, for uh, Deputy Chief Exaros, he was the Deputy Chief of the Yarmouth PD before he retired and went on to, to politics as a full-time job. Um, so he stopped in and they both gave a nice little speech about uh, how, number one, how blown away they were at the support of the uh, from the community at, at this fundraiser. It was just an epic day. We had the Marine Corps League here that presented the color guard and you know, marched in and out. It was awesome. And they were there all day and they had a team that shot in the top shot um, tournament. And we also had uh, a lot of the people who uh, volunteer for the Heroes in Transition uh, were here as well. And we had tons of donations and raffles and giveaways and prizes and swag. And so it was pretty awesome. The guy who won the 50-50 raffle donated back the other half of the money for the for the charities and the guy who won the push your limits contest we had a side contest going on separate from the organized tournament where you could shoot these dots and they they get smaller as you go and basically whoever got shot the most dots would win and if you shot all of the dots without a miss you would win a nighthawk custom pistol now there wasn't anyone who won the Nighthawk custom pistol, but the guy who won the uh, the dot the torture dot uh, contest ended up donating back his half of the winnings to Heroes in Transition and N Nicholas Xaros Fund. So that was awesome. So oh, and the Barnstable Town Council President Matt Levesque was here and opened us in prayer and sung the national anthem, which was. Very nice indeed, and that is turned into his side gig. He he gets asked to sing um, at a lot of events, and he's obviously been gifted with some good pipes, and so everybody takes advantage of his generosity like we did, and uh, he he certainly doesn't feel taken advantage of because he is such a giving and charitable guy in his own right so he loves being a part of these type events and so it was great to have him here as well supporting the uh, heroes in transition and the nicholas g Xaros fund and the veterans top shot invitational gonna be bigger and better next year all right so let's get to some of your questions as promised matt wants to know what we have for 300 blackout rounds and he heard the price is down well i would say that yes the price is down to about pre-covid uh, right around a buck around for good quality subsonics, uh, brass cased, and a little cheaper for steel cased supersonic. So you can go ahead and check that out when you come down. And Daryl has a comment that he asked a question um, to one of our staff over the week, and he said he bought one of those brand new HK SL8s, which, by the way, we got a couple of those in stock if you want one. You might want to come and get it because they don't last. I've, I've got a couple batches of them. I can't believe they keep coming in. So I'm really excited about that. But Adam, our, our uh, general manager, gave him a number to HK. And because he was a little confused, the barrel says 223, but the receiver says 556. And some of the old Colts used to have the same situation, like some of the old Colt sporters and whatnot. Um, would say 556 on the receiver, but the barrels were stamped 223 Remington. And 
as a general rule of thumb, if it says 223 Remington on the barrel, you don't want to shoot 556 through it. But because the manual said it was safe to shoot 556 and the receiver was stamped and the barrel is robust on this thing, it's a designated marksman rifle, it's a big heavy barrel. I said, I bet you 20 bucks it's totally fine to shoot 556, but he wanted to be double and triply sure. So he called, uh, it's like when I tell my wife something and she goes, nah, and then she goes and asks someone else. And I'm like, wait, what, 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 my answer wasn't good enough for you. No, she goes and asks someone else. And when they say it is the same thing, then she's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, well, what, what am I just like sliced ham here? What's the deal? But anyway, so Daryl, I'm not quite comparing you to my wife in that situation, but a little bit. So he didn't want to take my, I bet you it's okay as a like gospel truth, which I don't blame you, by the way. Um, so he calls down to HK and they said that the barrel is optimized for like 77 grain 223, but it will shoot 5.56 NATO, no problem. Even though the barrel says 223 and the lower says 556, it'll do both. And that's straight from the horse's mouth. So you don't have to take my I'll bet you 20 bucks comment. You got it right now from HK. So there you have that. And Matt wants to know if HK makes a compact similar to the VP9 style. The answer to that is not exactly. The HK45 is very similar to the HK VP9 style. I would say the grip ergonomics and the slide is very similar looking. They do make an HK45 compact, but I would say it's a little bit more akin to the P2000 series than the VP series, but it's a very nice gun in its own right. And if you get it with the LEM trigger, which is the way I would carry it if I was going to get one. Although I probably wouldn't get a gun that big that holds so few rounds. I mean, the the HK45 Compact holds eight rounds. But if you're a 45 guy and you want to have a 45, it's an excellent option. I love the LEM trigger. It doesn't have a thumb safety, and it has a double-action trigger that is consistent every time you pull the trigger. Um, it's not a single double and uh, it's called Law Enforcement Module LEM. So check that one out. And we just had a few, but I think we're all out. Um, so that's that's a good a good gun in its own right. And Daryl says he has an HK45 compact. It's awesome. So Daryl's the one who called down to HK. So he's obviously an HK fanboy, which by the way is very easy to become. <laughs> HK makes good product. And uh you know, once you start liking their product, there's kind of like, shoot, you know, what else can I get from them? So you start collecting HKs and you get the, you get the unicorn, the HK uh, Mark 23, the unicorn, that's the 45 that the Navy SEALs used for a little stint there. And they had a cool suppressor that went along with it. Not in Massachusetts, of course, but, and they had a uh, nice little bag that you could put it all in, but it was a big gun, huge. I mean, the thing is giant, um, but it was a pretty cool gun. And then uh, they have the HK VP9SK, which we would love to get in Massachusetts here, but I don't think it's going to happen. So um, it's probably never going to happen. So you're probably stuck with the P30SK, and if you get it with the LEM trigger, that's the closest to like the VP9 kind of style gun you could get. Um, so I would do that. 
And uh, Matt says, uh, I'm sorry, Daryl says congratulations on the fundraiser. And Matt says he has to thank me because he asked about a broken AR trigger. And I said, come on in. And so we gave him all the info on the trigger and the company replaced it for free, which is nice. Yeah, they're a great company. I believe that was a CMC trigger and they stand behind their product very, very well. Um, anytime I've had any issues, they're like, just give us a call and, and they replace it. No questions asked. Hustle says our, high, our price is higher for 9 mil ammo, question mark. And I'm not sure if you mean if the price has gone up. Um, the price has not gone up on ours end of things. It's stayed the same. And in one case, it's gone down. Um, in a couple cases, actually, it went down on some 9mm carry ammo. And it went down on some range ammo. The Cellurin Bellet went down to 20 bucks a box. Of course, it sold out instantly. So we, we're stuck with the $24.99 per box stuff. Right now we got a bunch of Winchester white box, the 100 and 200 round value packs like you used to get at Walmart. And since Walmart stopped buying and selling uh, handgun ammo, we actually buy their SMUs now that we get the same SKU as the uh, Walmart used to sell. So I have some of that, the Winchester white box ammo. And thank you Walmart for letting me be able to buy your special box of ammo but whatever i feel bad for the people in rural areas where there's not a local gun store that had to buy their ammo from walmart and now they can't get it and the funny thing is i've mentioned this before on the show but when we were closed down for covid and the attorney general's office was explaining to a federal judge why they weren't infringing upon the people's right to keep and bear arms they used the argument that well there's a walmart that sells ammo in the state and yeah like at like there was any ammo on the shelf around that time but walmart was the only thing open when all the gun stores were closed for uh covid and so they said well because you can go buy ammo at walmart and i believe we're, we're down to one walmart in the whole state that sells ammo of any kind and it's like out in Western Mass. So the poor dude who lives in Truro or Wellfleet, you know, would have to take a uh, two-day trip to get a box of, you know, probably at that time, they probably only had some, like, obscure hunting cartridge. But then quickly didn't have anything. So, yeah, long story short, hustled. The, the ammo is not more expensive. The best way for you to get legal protection is to text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 and members can call lawyers anytime, even for easy compliance questions. You're listening to Rapid Fire. This is Toby Leary and we will be right back. Don't go anywhere. Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts. 
so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, keyed entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. This is attorney Keith G. Langer, not just a gun rights lawyer, but a fellow gun owner at home on the range as well as in court. I can help you obtain or regain your firearms license, recover or transfer your firearms, and defend you against firearms or other criminal charges. I can also help protect your property with will sets, including trusts, healthcare proxies, and powers of attorney zoning or other permitting issues, as well as collections and civil litigation. To schedule a consultation, call 508-384-8692, that's 508-384-8692, or visit my website, kglangerlaw.com. Talk to you soon. All right, welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary. And we'd love to have you join us every week as we go live and we record this show. Go to capegunworks.com, click on Rapid Fire, type your question into the chat box, and we will answer it on the air if you want to be a part of the show. You can also call in on the show whenever you want while we're recording, and we'll take your call live on the air. And right now we're being joined by Keith Langer, an attorney, a Second Amendment attorney here in Massachusetts, who's doing the Lord's work behind enemy lines. So, Keith, thanks for joining us today. How are you? Not bad at all, Toby. Hope things are well down there in the Cape. Glad your event went well Saturday. I was working my club's Women on Target. Aha. That's a worthy endeavor as well. So it went great, and we're very happy. I'm sure next year it'll be bigger and better. And I don't know if you heard the part where I said we're going to probably have an open division next year. So we'll have the standard division and then the open division for all of you guys who like to show up with your race guns and stuff like that. So Wear muffs and plugs. They are loud. <laughs> yeah. So um, last week when we had you on the show... We uh, ran out of time, but we were talking about some of the stuff you've been working on, and you were giving us an update on the newest celebrity status of the first non-citizen of the United States to be have a non-resident LTC here in the People's Republic. And uh, well, 
you were going to give us some updates on that. So the floor is yours. The person was actually a citizen, but she's an expatriate. She's overseas. Mm. So got it. I mean, when she when she was here, she actually held an LTC. I see. So she went to get her non-resident license, and I prepared the application. And it cost a fortune with all the back and forth because uh, all this is coming from the Middle East in the middle of the COVID crisis in a country with a high degree of censorship. So it's glacial getting any communications of a written sort back and forth. So we submit the application and we wait and wait and wait. And the application comes back, not even an actual letter. Some clerk had scribbled across my cover letter to the FRB that it wasn't their policy to issue permits to people who aren't U.S. residents. <laughs> doesn't say that anywhere in the statute. In fact, <laughs> logically, the whole point of the statute is so people can come to Massachusetts and shoot, uh, particularly uh, for competition. So I pointed that out to the FRB and asked them to cite a single rule, regulation, written procedure that substantiated this little scribble on my cover letter. And we waited and waited, and they hemmed and hawed, and lo and behold, they ran it by counsel at the Executive Office of Public Safety Services, who came to the realization that I was right. There is nothing in the statute nothing in the statute's history, nothing in the statute's clear and obvious purpose that substantiates their refusal to issue someone to me because they're not a U.S. resident. So my client, at great expense, flew in here, had the interview, went superbly. It was astounding. She said people greeted her by name when she came in. <laughs> So this was clearly a big event for them, and there were people popping in uh, during the interview to, to, oh, it's here, she's here, she's here, you know, one of those deals. And uh, they they wished her well, and when she walked out and had a little crowd. So we have our first non-resident permit issued to someone who is not a U.S. resident. Nice. Well, congratulations on getting that done. Yeah, nice to see logic prevail every now and again. Yes. Was there a flip side to that story, or is that the the full? Well, the the flip side is the struggle here at home. I had a client who applied for a permit in a town known to be obstructionistic, as in they would only issue LTCBs, and we still had that silly license. Mm-hmm. So they deny the application, and they tell him that he's denied because he has a felony conviction. Really? His quarry doesn't show any convictions of any sort whatsoever. Now, as you know, that doesn't mean a juvenile conviction is not on the quarry. Quarry won't show it, but it's definitely a disqualifier in Massachusetts, even if it isn't under federal law. So I go up and down. Do you have any juvenile convictions? No, 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 no. Okay. So before we go really out there, I send the chief a letter. Please provide documentation of the alleged felony conviction. Nothing, 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 nothing. So now we have a lawsuit in Stoughton District Court. Huh. So I get that question a lot, especially on 2A Tuesdays on the Grace Curley Show. 
and people who say they had a, you know, some sort of, I guess they were charged with a felony when they were a child, you know, under 18. And that is what the chief is using to deny them from getting their LTC. Um, what should they do? And I've sent a lot of them your way. Uh, so is there, is it possible for them to get their, um, or maybe even they were convicted of a felony when they were 16 or 17 years old? I don't know. But is it possible for them to get their LTC if it was prior to them being 18? No. No. If it's a conviction, it's a conviction, it's a conviction. The okay. feds do not count juvenile convictions. Massachusetts does. Interesting. And if you're disqualified for an LTC in Massachusetts, that triggers the federal disqualifier. So being charged with a felony is not the issue. Being convicted of one is. Being mm -hmm. charged with anything is not the real issue. The convictions are what count. If you don't have convictions, all the cop can go by is his discretion. But that's not what the denial letter said. The denial letter said he was a convicted felon. Well, we're calling on them to prove it. Got it. And I sent the quarry to him when I made the initial request, and I highlighted each and every non-conviction with yellow highlighter on the quarry. So now we can rationalize it in court. Nice. And it's costing the town a fortune because they didn't even use town council. They brought in some big firm in Boston to handle this. Wow. So that's how these people win because... They're playing with your money twice. Right. The Jeez. client has to spend his quote-unquote disposable income, to the extent any of us have that much, to bring the lawsuit. And he's paying the chief and the attorney they brought in in Boston to defend the chief against him. Now, isn't there, is there a way to get a recovery of court costs and no. legal, fills, legal fees? Nope. No. That is so wrong in so many ways. I think that, you know, if someone is arbitrarily t trying to deny you, even if they think legitimately, but as it turns out, it was because they didn't want to give you your your civil rights, uh, that, you know, you have to pay a lawyer and pay court costs and pay everything to get your license back, they should have to reimburse you for that. The prevailing party should have to pay, in my opinion. Well, that's the English system where you, the loser pays. Mm. Here, everybody covers their own costs. Yeah. It's unbelievable. So what about if this is upheld, could the guy then sue for violation of civil rights? Not really, because uh, first it costs a fortune, mm -hmm. and... The bottom line is the chief will be protected by qualified immunity in the Tort Claims Act. You'd have to prove that it was uh, intentional, willful, egregious, all the things that take it well outside the normal scope of qualified immunity. Mm. Unbelievable. Getting harder and harder to fight City Hall, isn't it? Well, they design it that way. Yeah, exactly. And they're like you alluded to earlier. They're playing with house money. So, yes. um, on a side question, uh, I actually had a question on the chat come in while we're talking, and we had somebody uh, I think from last week as a carryover. 
Um, and I'll kind of blend the two questions together. But one guy's question was, um, if you're carrying in a car, but you want to take the gun out of your waistband, can you stage it in a some sort of safe or something in the car um, as you're driving around? And then if it's locked in in that safe, does it in fact have to be unloaded when you leave the car? And then as a kind of a follow-up to that, I had someone ask what the best practices is for um, going to a school. If you have to like pick your kid up or visit a teacher at a school, do you park off school property, lock your car up, I mean lock your gun up in the car, and then just walk to the school um, so that you don't get caught with a firearm on school property? Well, the problem is doing that sort of transfer. If you've got the gun in a safe, you're covered. Mm-hmm. That is very much the locked container that is required for transport and storage. Trigger locks do not work for transport. Trigger locks are only good for storage, so they're useless in a vehicle. Mm-hmm. But if you've got a gun safe or a locking gun case that meets the statute for transport on school property, then you've got the problem of how do you do that and and secure it in the car without attracting attention. Right. Because although the statute says it's illegal to carry on school property. Right. I think it uh, even says on your person, right? Right. Yeah. Um. If it's seen, or if we've had situations where uh, some security guard just looking through vehicles sees a box of ammo, and they go off and they charge the owner with violating the uh, no gun on school property statute, when a point of fact there was no violation. The, the gun's locked in a trunk per statute. Mm. That's not carrying on school property, but they tend to be a little overzealous in that regard so you want to be very very circumspect yeah you know when uh i know right before we go out here on the break but um when i went to one of the glidden law classes and i think there was me and brendan maybe one other civilian there and then it was a room full of probably 40 or 50 police officers when they got to talking about this he basically was saying how possession on a school property automatic revocation and automatic um arrest like you don't pass go you don't collect two hundred dollars you're gonna get arrested and he was basically just kind of going over that part quick and i i remember raising my hand and saying but doesn't the statue say on your person and you could have heard a pin drop and every head in the room swung towards me like i had just dropped a moab in the room like i don't think that's taught in most pds to say on your person i think possession period in the car or in the trunk or anything they they will arrest but all right thanks so much keith i appreciate it we'll talk to you next week and uh don't forget we have private lessons get one-on-one instruction tailored to you a lesson for pistol rifle and shotgun test out different guns go to capegunworks.com slash privates and we will be right back you're listening to rapid fire Nobody thinks it will happen to them. But with over 2,000 emergency phone calls per month to our independent program attorney answered hotline, it's closer to home than you think. At U.S. Law Shield, 
we give you exclusive access to our 24-7, 365 emergency hotline. Not a call center, direct access to our network of independent program attorneys. With a price point of only $10.95 per month and unlimited attorney hours for criminal and civil defense, U.S. Law Shield provides you with unparalleled service and protection where it matters most. No other program comes close. We believe an educated member is an empowered member. We do this by providing educational resources featuring seasoned attorneys, firearms instructors, law enforcement, and experts in all areas. We at U.S. Law Shield believe peace of mind should come with simple and affordable protection. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and join us every week for the only show around that talks all things guns, Second Amendment, self-defense, and whatever else we want to talk about that pertains to freedom and the American way. So we appreciate Keith Langer joining us. We're going to put his information up on the chat. If you need his services, I recommend you give him a call or reach out to him. He is excellent Second Amendment attorney here in Massachusetts, and we're very lucky to have him. Um, so getting back to the chat, I want to get to more of your questions. And uh, we have one question that would be good for maybe Keith Langer next week. We should follow up with him. But um, Kegel wants to know if there's a 100% way to be sure that your 20-round AR mag is pre-banned. And I'm going to say no, probably not, unless it is externally stamped. Some of them are externally date stamped or internally date stamped. Some people don't even realize that if they take the base plate off their magazine and pull the spring out the bottom, that the magazine and you shine a light inside, there's a stamp in there that doesn't show through to the outside. So there are some that are internally date stamped. And everybody loves the internal and external date stamps because there's just no question whatsoever about when it was made it's stamped on it for crying out loud so um the bottom line is the burden of proof is on them to prove it isn't but and i've said this before it would be idiotic to sit there and try to defend like a vp9 magazine or something like that an hk vp9 magazine and say that it is pre-banned when they didn't even make the gun prior to 94. So you got to make sure that the gun was made prior to 94 and the magazines were in fact made prior to 94. And the so that's one thing. But on the other hand, if the gun was manufactured prior to then, there used to be um, some manufacturers of magazines. I know like USA Magazine and Eagle and whatnot. And a bunch of these... Uh, companies went out of business at, at the 94 assault weapons ban or just rebranded or did something else and made 10 rounders for the next 10 years. And so, you know, you can sometimes prove it by the fact that those companies no longer exist. I'm not even sure if USA Magazine is one of them. They might even still be in business. But so do your research if you're worried about it. But I do believe that you can, you know, uh, 100%, uh, you, you definitely can carry pre-bans. And it's up to the prosecution to put the burden of proof. So if you get caught with a, you know, a 
Magpul PMAG, and you're sitting there trying to make the argument that it's pre-ban, yes, the burden of proof is on them to prove it, but it's pretty easy for them to prove it because they didn't exist prior to 94. So that's my advice is just, you know, don't play with fire. Just make sure it is a pre-ban. Um, so let's see. Uh, Aaron saying on the vault Tech commercial, it shows someone walking down the street with what he's assuming is a gun inside of a vault Tech, and uh, he's carrying it in his hands. Would that be legal to transport like that? Absolutely. 100% legal. So, yes, you can lock it in a case and walk down the street. You don't have to obscure it or whatever else. And we had a question earlier, can a mass LTC holder carry in New Hampshire? And the question, the answer is yes. So if you go to any of our northern border states, Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine, they are all constitutional carry states. And I'd love to see Massachusetts and Rhode Island follow suit and round off the, uh, you know, and you know, Connecticut even, and round off the rest of the New England states to be all constitutional carry. Wouldn't that be nice? That'd be great. I think it's a little bit wishful thinking, but even John Green pointed out he would be happy if the LTC was a lifetime, you know, license, which, I, you know, that would be a pretty good thing in my opinion. If the LTC could just be a lifelong license until revoked, like the LT, like the FID card used to be, but... Those days seem to be gone. You never know. <laughs> well, if you're looking for legal protection, go to CGWMA. Well, I'm sorry. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer on the U.S. Law Shield. It's great self-defense membership that'll come in and they will fund your legal defense should you need them to. All right, we will be back on the other side. Don't go away. I'm Toby Leary. Made in America since 1949. Family owned and operated. Legendary performance. This is Hornady. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. SnapSafe, featuring a pry-resistant 3 inch solid steel door, 2300 degree Fahrenheit one-hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. SnapSafe, a modular safe with welded safe security. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, the only show around that talks about all things guns, Second Amendment, self-defense, and freedom. And we are looking forward to continuing in the upcoming Season 3. Can you believe it? We are already rapidly approaching our, the end of our second season, which just went fast. It's fast and furious. So 
<laughs> that's the way it is. It's rapid, rapid fire. All right, I'll I'll chill out here for a second. But um, yeah. So uh, we have a few more weeks of season two, and then we're into season three. Hopefully, we'll, with some new sponsors, we're we're got some things in the works, and we're looking forward to that. And um, but if you haven't joined us yet in the shop at Cape Gunworks, come on down. It's worth the trip. We have lots of inventory. I've been told several times by people who make an hour or two hour drive down to Cape Gunworks and go, I just can't believe how much inventory you guys have. And I hear that also from my business partner who says, Toby, I can't believe how much crap you're buying. Knock it off. You know, and I'm like, all right, I'll stop. I'll chill out. But I do it for the people. You know, <laughs> my bank account could probably be okay if we, uh, if we would stop buying stuff. And, uh, but the point is, we have lots of good stuff to sell. So you're gonna wanna come check it out. And uh, we have some of that Russian 762 by 39 spam cans. And we got plenty of ammo and we have a beautiful state of the art range. So we'd love to have you come down and check us out. And uh, maybe you wanna be a member, maybe you wanna get some of the benefits of membership. And uh, if you come down once a month or whatever, it's it's certainly worth being a member. So we'd love to have you take a class, come check out the sh showroom and the pro shop and shoot something on the range. Check out our rental guns, too, because we even have some cool guns that you can't buy in this state because we have legislators that like backdoor gun bans and we have regulations that get passed all the time that have been enacted by people who have no business writing law and then enforce it after they've enacted it and then interpret it so they act as all three branches of government and that's how tyrants rule man they don't ask permission they just do it and then when you have to fight city hall and sue to get your rights back they basically uh laugh in your face because they have they know that in this area courts are probably pretty favorable to their cause so Anyway, I digress. So we had a question. I'm from Mass and I have an LTC. Can I carry a gun in New Hampshire? And the answer to that is a resounding yes. I might have already answered that. Um, and then another question is, is the VP9 SK not Mass compliant? It looks nice. And the answer to that is no, it is not, unfortunately, um, which it is basically the same gun, it's just a little bit smaller. And it's the identical shape and frame and slide and everything as the P30SK, but the P30SK is a hammer-fired gun, and the VP9SK is a striker-fired gun. So that's why I was saying earlier, if you get the P30SK with the LEM trigger, you should be good to go. And that's as close as you can get to that VP9SK. So. We would love to be able to sell those. They'd be a great gun for sale here. But hey, we live in hope. Firearms Policy Coalition filed that lawsuit challenging the Attorney General's ban, basically. It was enacted as a law, so there's the approved weapons roster, but it was originally founded under the Consumer Protection Act um, by Luther Scott Harshbarger, um, another Middlesex County attorney general that was anti-gun and he made it his main campaign you know cause when he ran for governor 
and fortunately he did not win. So that gives me a little bit of hope that people in this state of Massachusetts still respect the right to keep and bear arms. And when politicians go on a crusade and want to ban all ownership of firearms, like handguns and whatnot, they are like, eh, that guy's a little out there, even though I might be in his party or whatever. Um, they basically gave him a big fat no and sent him packing. The John Green was on the show a couple weeks ago, and he talked to us about the founding of Goal when, when it was pr proposed by the Mass Legislature to ban private ownership of handguns, period. So it's been proposed before in this state that they were trying to ban the possession of handguns altogether in this state and become like a Washington, D.C. prior to the Hiller decision and um, basically say you couldn't own a handgun in Massachusetts. And that's what Gun Owners Action League was founded for, to fight that, and they've been doing good work ever since. So speaking of Gun Owners Action League and goal, I was at the uh, Worcester Pistol and Rifle Club last week co-teaching a class with Rob Pincus for the, uh, it was the defensive focus carbine class, and it's a great class. The evolution of this class has come a long way in the past six, seven years. And I was thinking about the first time I took this class, I think it was eight years ago, and we we did a great, you know, two-day class with uh, defensive focus carbine, and and I remember it was during that class that I decided to become certified from the ICE training company to teach these uh, basic this basic methodology, and we wanted to hitch our wagon, so to speak, because I felt that the curriculum was very well thought out. It wasn't just this is the latest trend on the internet that uh, people are doing, so therefore you should be doing it too. It also wasn't um, this is how I was taught, so do it my way. It was a very well thought out, and it's a class that evolves over time. The class that I took and, and co-taught last Thursday is not the class I took eight years ago. It has evolved. A lot of the methodology and terminology has changed. In fact, even the name of the class has changed. It used to be Combat Focus Carbine. Now it's Defensive Focus Carbine. And then after that class was over, um, or actually it was the night before class was over, we went to the Goal headquarters and um, participated in a podcast, the Goal uh, podcast, which interviewed Rob Pincus. Um, I wasn't, I was in the room, but not, not uh, on the podcast, other than my little peanut gallery comments from behind the scenes. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty funny. So um, anyway, that was the, uh, that was what I did last Thursday. It was a lot of fun. And I think there was eight students that completed the class. One exited stage left a little bit early, not used to Rob Pincus's tactics. And uh, <laughs> you got to have a thick skin if you're going to take one of his classes. So um, not a very patient man, which is funny. But uh, on the other hand, he it's like drinking from a fire hose to be in one of his classes. So um, I recommend next year when he comes back, he does this fundraiser for goal every September and he does a four day class. He usually does defensive focus um, training. He does like a 
advanced pistol handling. This year he did the two-part two-person armed defense class and the DFC, the defensive focus carbine. So get signed up for that next year when he comes back to town or take one of his classes in the spring when he comes to Cape Gunworks for the uh, PDN training tour, the personal defense network training tour. So, all right, that's it for this segment of Rapid Fire. Even though the show is ending, it continues on for another hour. So tune in at capegunworks.com slash rapid fire. And also join us on the Ranger here, extended answers to your questions. I appreciate everybody. God bless you all. I'm Toby Leary, and this is Rapid Fire. See you next time. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Alexander Hamilton said, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road Hyannis or capegunworks.com. Welcome to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary. This segment is sponsored by Vortex Optics. I want you to check out their website. And if you haven't seen their product, come on down to Cape Gunworks and you can check them out. We will show you what they got and all the product offerings they have. We have them on some of our rental guns too, so you can check out their optics on our rental guns. Uh, But we are really happy to have them as part of the show and they've been a great partner for us at Cape Gunworks over the years and they make a phenomenal product with a lifetime warranty and it is a no BS lifetime warranty. So check them out. All right, cool. Well, we're back for the second hour of Rapid Fire and uh, make sure you tune in every week. Go to capegunworks.com slash rapid fire to join the conversation. Type your question into the chat and we'll be glad to help you out. But right now we're going to go to the phones. I have Jim who has a question. Jim, how are you doing today? Good, thanks. Um, quick question on um, muzzle loader. So we've um, started to look around um, for a muzzle loader, and we're finding that you can buy some rifles in Massachusetts, um, but they're not legal for Massachusetts. So I'm trying to find, and it's probably impossible, but the top two or three, in your opinion, muzzle loader rifles for deer hunting mm-hmm. that are acceptable or legal in Massachusetts. Yeah, that's a great question, Jim. Um, I personally hunt with the Thompson Center Pro Hunter. It's the Encore Pro Hunter. And uh, if you, do you have a license to carry or FID card? Yes. Okay, cool. So the one I like is the Pro Hunter. Um, You can buy it in 
a frame or you can buy it as a complete gun. And the thing I love about it is it's, I have the muzzleloader barrel on it. It's the 209A barrel, they call it. It takes the shotgun primer. It's fully rifled. It's a fluted stainless barrel or the weather shield finish. And they are a muzzleloading gun, but you can take the breech plug out of the back of the gun and clean it very easily. And for someone like me, that's very important because usually I'll go to start, you know, getting my gun sighted in for <laughs> for hunting next year, you know, when yeah. season's coming up. And I'll still have last year's powder charge and, and uh, ball in there. So I, you know, it's very important for me to be able to get to the breach and get that thing cleaned out really well because I'm not a very big maintenance guy. <laughs> so, yeah. So I love the fact that you can clean it out very well. But the other thing I like is... You can pop the pin out of the frame and you can take the barrel right off and then put like a 20-gauge rifled slug barrel on there or a 12-gauge rifled slug barrel or a turkey barrel. And you can use the same gun for turkey hunting or uh, shotgun deer hunting. And uh, if you also want to buy a centerfire rifle barrel for shooting at the range or go hunting up in Maine or New Hampshire or Vermont, you got the same gun. Yeah, it's all single shot, but... What I've found as a hunter is only having that one shot has caused me to maybe slow down and really take that timed yeah. accurate shot. So I, sh I kill a lot of deer with a muzzleloader and now I kill a lot of deer with a shotgun as well just by going to a single shot barrel. The first five deer I saw in the woods when I was hunting with that, I was able to kill and I think three out of five of them went down in their tracks with the with the um with that gun so the muzzleloader is a very very good tool for hunting nowadays and i like that thompson center encore some people want the dedicated muzzleloader only so the encore fx is the one that can't be converted to another to an actual firearm so some people who don't have an fid card or ltc can still buy that black powder configuration and that's the fx configuration if you have no interest in switching it around like I do, then just get the FX. It's a little cheaper. So that's a good one. The uh, Traditions ones are good as well. Um, they make a lot of breech plug type of, um, you know, muzzleloaders as well. And the, uh, but you got to be a little bit careful with those and make sure you clean them really well because they're just a Cerakote finish. And you know, harsh environments usually in muzzleloader season. So it, they can rust out a little easier. You just got to be a little bit more diligent about maintaining them so those are both very good and any of the thompsons are, are really good um, i don't have a ton of experience with the night muzzle loaders but i know they make a good one and cva makes a, a pretty good one but we stock the t the tc and the traditions here at cape gunworks and those are the ones i'm most familiar with so now is the conversion um is that a complex um no. Procedure or is it something fairly simple once you do it a few times? It's super easy. It's uh, literally you take the two screws off to take the handguard off. It's on the bottom of the handguard. And then once that's off, the pin pretty much falls out. Uh, you know, you don't even need yep. any tools. You just push it out. It's about a half inch diameter pin. And it's what the gun pivots on when you open the action of the gun. So that pin comes out. Then you take the barrel off, put on whatever barrel you want, put the pin back in and put the handguard on. In some cases, like if you go in from a shotgun to a muzzleloader, you might be okay. But if you go into a, 
a shotgun to a rifle or a rifle to a muzzleloader, you might have to change the handguard around a little bit. So they sell extra handguards. So they're kind of barrel specific. So you, you might have to buy an extra handguard with the barrel as well, which is like 40 bucks. So not that big a deal. Okay. And you think the range um, and accuracy of this, um, of the Pro Thompson is good? Yes. I shoot I sighted in at 200 yards, and I routinely shoot six-inch groups at 200 yards with it, which is just amazing out of a muzzleloader. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, and okay. uh, I put a nice Leupold scope on mine, um, yeah. which has the bullet drop compensator for the muzzleloader and for the shotgun uh, bullet drop. So they're excellent. Um, also, Vortex makes a great, uh, you know, like extended um, – eye relief scope that you can put on there but you basically want a low power scope like a two to seven yeah. or a three to nine at the most so those are great once you put a scope on and you shoot them with sabot rounds they're extremely accurate for a muzzleloader really really good and you've got you've got that rifle in stock now yep we do yep it doesn't okay. the i have the two muzzleloader ones the fx and i have the frame and I have the 20 gauge slug barrel on them, but I could order you the uh, the muzzleloader barrel attachment separate if you wanted to okay. go with the full convertible route. But if you want just the de dedicated muzzleloader, we have those in stock. That's excellent. All right, listen, thank you so much. We, we, we love listening to your show, me and my son, so keep, keep up the good work. Oh, great. Thanks so much, Jim. I appreciate you listening. Keep listening, and we'll see you at the shop soon. And good luck hunting this year. Thanks. You take right. care. Take care. All right, so... Muzzle loading is a lot of fun. If you haven't done it, I remember when I first started muzzle loading, you had to have the action of the gun open to the elements. You weren't allowed to have inlines. And it was usually inclement weather and you have like a hammer with a with some sort of you know primer like a number 11 cap on there and the I remember just, you know, with the old Thompson Hawk and rifles, which was, you know, fun. It's kind of primitive firearms. It's exactly what it was. You couldn't even use a scope back then. Nowadays, it's like the closest thing you can get to a centerfire rifle without having a centerfire center rifle. It's pretty nice. The performance of them is phenomenal. And frankly, that should be what we want. Like, you, you know, if you're out there roaming the woods with the old... Um, you know, blunderbuss, if you will, and you're trying to shoot a deer ethically, I mean, you, your sights are limited, the gun is heavy, it's in the rain. It just, I get it that it it's designed to be a primitive firearm. But on the other hand, if we're using muzzleloader season as an extended season to manage the herd of deer and take ethical kills on animals... By all means, we should be using modern inline muzzleloaders. Um, I like the guys, you know, there's some guys out there with the with the coonskin caps and the deerskin, you know, whatever Davy Crockett look, and they're out there running around with spears and, uh, you know, slingshots, and I get that. Whatever. If that's your thing, cool, do it. But if you're really out there to just kind of participate in managing the herd and make good, clean, ethical kills... You're definitely gonna wanna uh, get a get a modern inline muzzleloader there, and it's a ton of fun. So get into it. It's it's cool and fun. Did I mention it's fun? All right. If you're looking for legal protection, don't forget to text CGWMA to two eight one six zero three zero zero six six. 
text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from the U.S. Law Shield. If you sign up for a full year, you get an extra two months free. U.S. Law Shield, it's great protection. It's cheap, cheap peace of mind. We'll be back after this with Jim Kelly, so stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be awesome. I'm Toby Leary. This is Rapid Fire. Nobody thinks it will happen to them, but with over 2,000 emergency phone calls per month to our independent program attorney answered hotline, it's closer to home than you think. At U.S. Law Shield, we give you exclusive access to our 24-7, 365 emergency hotline, not a call center, direct access to our network of independent program attorneys. With a price point of only $10.95 per month and unlimited attorney hours for criminal and civil defense, U.S. Law Shield provides you with unparalleled service and protection where it matters most. No other program comes close. We believe an educated member is an empowered member. We do this by providing educational resources featuring seasoned attorneys, firearms instructors, law enforcement, and experts in all areas. We at U.S. Law Shield believe peace of mind should come with simple and affordable protection. All right, and we're back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary. I'm co-owner of Cape Gunworks, and we are joined with Jim Kelly here, who is our training director at Cape Gunworks, and we were just talking about a very interesting discussion about um, shall issue and may issue, and and before the break, Jim alluded to uh, he would like to see a lot more emphasis on training. Now, while I agree with him, I believe that Training is the responsibility of the gun owner to seek out and get trained. And it should also be the, um, the, it should be implied upon anyone who is purchasing a firearm for the first time. Do I believe it should be imposed upon us by our government in order to exercise our right? No, I personally believe in a constitutional carry type of paradigm where you have a right as a citizen or as a permanent resident alien to uh, be able to purchase and exercise your Second Amendment right here. But I do believe it's incumbent upon us as a community to do better at urging people to get trained with their firearms. And I will say, as you mentioned, uh, with all the training classes we had earlier, um, a lot of people are seeking out that training. What would be a good class for that new shooter to come and take if after they get their license and they're about to get a gun? One of the things that we love to see new shooters take is our basic pistol handling class, introduction to pistol handling. And we can get the shooter out on the range after a short classroom review of the basic safety rules and, and proper procedure. We can get them on the range under the strict supervision of an instructor and have them actually fire their pistol or one of our training pistols. Mm. And this is a great way to begin to get people familiar with the operation of a firearm and the, the safe practices that uh, are incumbent on all of us as gun owners. Right. So not mandated by the state, but imposed on by the community is the proper way I see that to go. Because being a responsible gun owner, you would seek out competent training so that you can safely and efficiently shoot your firearm. Uh, 
And that is the way it had been in this country for 150 years before local restrictions started to pop up. Gun control is not something new, but it's certainly, um, you know, taken on a life of its own. It's a Medusa, if you will. It's this multi-headed beast that rears its ugly head in many different ways when it comes to different communities and states. And driver's licenses aren't so confusing, right? No, they're not. You, you get your driver's license. You, you don't have to worry about driving to Alabama or Tennessee or, you know, Montana or even California, as crazy as that place is. But, um, you know, guns, on the other hand, it's confusing. It's certainly not consistent. And it's uh, downright scary for some people who are traveling or moving or whatnot. That's absolutely true, because Massachusetts has no reciprocity with any other state when it mm-hmm. comes to firearms licensing. So if uh, we have someone visiting here on, on, on Cape Cod and coming up for vacation, and they want to carry a, a firearm that they may be lawfully authorized to carry, to carry in their own home state, they can't bring it here with them. Mm-hmm. That's not the same, same case as it is with uh, a driver's license, where if I'm licensed to drive in Rhode Island, I'm licensed to drive in 50 other states. Right. Now, you bring up a great point. Massachusetts doesn't recognize any other uh, any other state's licenses. So we offer a class uh, that helps people who are traveling abroad or maybe do bi- does business in other areas. What are some of the classes that we offer for we, that? We have, we have two great ones. We offer the Utah uh, non-resident license to carry class, which allows a person to apply for a Utah non-resident license to carry firearms. Now, that will not allow the person to carry in Massachusetts unless they already have a Massachusetts license to carry. But what it will light up is over 30 states Mm. for reciprocal carry. In other words, Utah has a reciprocal agreement with other states such as Florida and several of the southern states to allow reciprocal agreement in that a person licensed in another state can carry in Utah, and a person licensed in Utah can carry in that given state. Right. I think Florida just uh, changed their law a couple years ago. So Florida does not recognize the non-resident Utah right license to carry anymore. Um, so we offer another class that helps people traveling to Florida called the USCCA Concealed Carry and Home Defense class. Right. Which Florida has that same reciprocal agreement, I believe, as Utah with those 30-odd other states, but it'll allow you to carry in Florida because they require live fire. So. Absolutely. We can we can give you a certificate for Florida that will allow you to apply for a Florida non-resident license to carry. What the United States Concealed Carry Association sponsors a class called Concealed Carry and Home Defense Fundamentals, of which I happen to be one of the instructors. And what we teach in that class is what can happen during an actual armed event, how to avoid an armed encounter, how to escape from an armed encounter, and if necessary, how to defend against one. And some of the things that can happen during the course of an armed event. If, heaven forbid, a licensed gun owner actually has to use their firearm, for example, what to do, what not to do when the police arrive, mm. for example. And uh, it's it's a an intensive all-day class that allows someone to come away with maybe a different point of view, and, and, and we can end some incorrect assumptions about what some gun owners may think. Right, yeah. It certainly paints a good picture for those who think that just having a gun, the gun is the answer to all equations right they think oh well shoot guys in my living room he's gonna get carried out in a body bag well maybe that's not the best 
advice. It's probably not the best advice, especially in Massachusetts, because Uh, uh, we we do have a castle law in Massachusetts, but it's quite restrictive compared to other states. For example, we'll, we'll, we'll teach about the Massachusetts castle law, but people need to understand that there are certain restrictions to using a firearm to defend yourself within the confines of your own home. It is not absolute. But take, for instance, take the restriction or the legal part of it out. There's still the basic fundamental of could versus should. Right. So at the very least, I think that class does a phenomenal job of painting that picture. Like, yeah, you might be legal to do A, but A might still not be the best option if B is available. Right. You might be well within your rights to do that, but B is a better option. And this is why. One thing it really hits hammers home is... If you do drop the hammer or pull the trigger in defense of yourself or somebody else, your life has just changed forever. Absolutely true. It has absolutely changed forever. You cannot bring that bullet back. Correct. And the best possible scenario for you in that situation is that you get to go home to everything you already own. You, You have the same amount of holes in your body as when you came to that situation. And... Your money and your possessions and your family members are all still there. That's a probably a very unlikely situation without certain other things in place, but that is certainly apparent, and we drive that point home in that class. And, and like you mentioned, you're one of the instructors. You're also a training counselor for that class. That's correct, yeah. and I... I have the ability to train other instructors to teach that class for the right. United States Concealed Carry Association. Nice. Well, great. That's uh, a couple of those classes. We we also have that simulator going. We have couples classes. We have. Tell me a little bit about those uh, before we have to break. Well, with couples classes, we find that it's very very helpful for a couple who may not be on the same page when it comes to firearm ownership. And we find that it works really well for a couple to come in and get their license to carry together. And we offer a class especially designed for couples. And we're able to take someone who maybe has certain preconceived notions about firearms ownership and sort of uh, dispel some falsehoods and so forth and get them more comfortable with the idea of owning or having a firearm in their home. Um, the, another thing that's very, very valuable is we offer simulator training as well. And what we can do is bring an individual into our simulator situation and have them actually run a law enforcement grade simulator and put them in a shoot-don't-shoot shoot situation with a simulator pistol. And it really gets the blood pressure up, it gets the heart pumping, and it makes people think, wow, I really didn't know whether I should shoot or not shoot in that situation. It's a real reality check for uh, for a gun owner. Right. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And run through a few of those scenarios, and sometimes your whole worldview has come to, you know, light and change. Absolutely. You, you, it'll change some, the way you think about Some really hairy ones. And when yeah. you think about, uh, for example, when, when we ask our students, why do you want a firearm in your home? One of the things we, we often hear is, in case someone comes in my house. Well, there's, we have scenarios for that specific thing. If you're barricaded in your bedroom, for example, and someone comes crashing through the door, should you shoot? Should you not shoot? Is the person armed? Is the person not armed? And all of these variables are there, and we can present them to a student. Mm-hmm. And it has a great training effect. Excellent. That would be... Uh 
really valuable um, information for someone to have. How can they find out about these classes? Where should they go to look? Where should they, um, you know, how, how do they get in touch with maybe even you? They can absolutely just give us a call here at Cape Gunworks. Uh, you can email me at jim at capegunworks.com, and I will be happy to respond with uh, any information or questions people may have. And they can also go to our, our website at capegunworks.com slash classes, and all of our available and upcoming classes are there. Great. That, that'd be excellent. What about private lessons? Private lessons are always available. We have a full staff of instructors, and they are also listed at capegunworks.com slash classes for private education. And they're available at a, uh, at a various uh, times and, and so forth. And generally speaking, if you have a special need that needs to be addressed, we'll be happy to accommodate you. And uh, we can put you in touch with one of our instructors and positively meet the needs of anyone's training requirements. Excellent. I appreciate your time, Jim. Thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, retired Jim Kelly from the Lieutenant from the Boston Police Department is our training uh, coordinator here at Cape Gunworks. We're really happy to have him. He's a very valuable asset. And uh, if you want to get in one of those classes, go to capegunworks.com and slash uh, classes and get signed up today. Um, again, it's in incumbent upon us as gun owners to be not only armed, but responsibly armed. So we wanna have, uh, you know, take the class so we can safely and efficiently use our gun, not to mention defend ourselves or somebody we love if that need ar arises. We will be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, keyed entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex.
All right, welcome back to Rapid Fire, sponsored by Vortex Optics. I'm your host, Toby Leary. Join us every week as we go live and record the show. You can be a part of the conversation. You can call in or text or type into the chat. Or you can find us at capegunworks.com. Click on Rapid Fire. And we would love to answer your questions, which we're going to do during this segment. So we want to thank... Uh, Boston PD retired Lieutenant Jim Kelly, who is now the compliance manager here at Cape Gunworks, and he does a great job. He has a very tough job as well, so that's making sure there's no errors on our 4473s and making sure our bound book is in compliance. And that all came in very handy over the last couple weeks because right in the middle of our changeover from our former point-of-sale system to our new point-of-sale system, I got a call from the ATF, or as Joe Biden likes to refer them to as the AFT. Um, we got the the local AFT rep, <laughs> gave us a jingle and said, guess what time it is? And I'm like, no, say it ain't so. And they said, yeah, you're going to get an audit next Tuesday. And I said, look, for the love of all things good, we're in the middle of <laughs> a transfer of our, you know, point of sale system and our online e-bound book and everything, you know, electronic 4472. I don't even know how to turn this thing on yet. And they're like, oh, that's nice. We'll see you Tuesday. And I said, well, and they go, oh, by the way, we got four days to get it done. I'm coming alone. So hopefully you got some people that can help us. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, are you serious right now? Then we had like a couple employees go out for COVID, another one on vacation. And then we, uh, we had a, you know, family kind of tragedy happen. And all that being said, um, they said, see you Tuesday. I, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, can't we punt a week? And they said, no, and we, by the way, we want to be wrapped up in four days. And I'm thinking to myself, the last bound book audit we had, we had three to five agents come in and they were here for three months off and on. Um, I'm thinking one agent want to be out of here in four days. Okay. In the middle of a transfer of our bound book and everything else. So, but that's where Jim Kelly comes in. He is in charge of making sure everything is in tip-top shape. It all falls and rests upon his shoulders, and he's doing a great job. Our agent, after going through hundreds of forms, said, you're in really good shape. I'm actually going to apply for a variance so that I don't have to go back on every single form. We can just do a random smattering of 850 forms. <laughs> So I said, okay, cool. That's great. And she's like, and I need all 850 forms in my email by tomorrow afternoon or whatever the day was. And I'm like, ah, oh, that should be easy as a push of the button. And I realized, yeah, it's not so easy. So we divided and conquered. We all took, I don't know, 100 and we had to like download them and put them into a drive and then upload them and email them and blah, blah, blah. So, but she goes, or you can print them out for us. And I'm thinking six sheets of paper, double-sided, you know, 
times 850. Yeah, no, we'll figure out how to send you the PDF. <laughs> so that's the fun of operating a gun store. It's not all rainbows and unicorns, guys. Sometimes you gotta you gotta get a little dirt under your fingernails, and you gotta <laughs> you gotta start you know breaking out the paperwork. And you know, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. I at least know where my limitations are. And I have a knack for making paperwork disappear. So I hire people like Jim Kelly to make sure our paperwork is in tip-top shape. And I used to ha have a running joke when in my construction company, people would come up and hand me their time cards. And the first couple times that was good. And then my bookkeeper was like, wow, so-and-so never turned in their time card this week. And I was like, really? That's that's interesting. And then like payday would roll around and the bookkeeper would be like, hey, uh, did so-and-so ever give you a time card? And I'm like, um, I don't think so. Because they, they said they gave it to you at the job site. And oh, yeah, maybe they did. Yeah, okay. Hmm. I have no idea where that thing went. So I still think I possess the record. This has got to be a Guinness Book of World Records because I went to a kiosk at Logan Airport at the JetBlue kiosk. This is a true story. You insert your credit card. You, your whole flight information pops up. You type in, yes, it's me, and this is the flight, and here's my seat, and I'm checking one bag, and blah, blah, blah. And then it prints your boarding pass. I grab the boarding pass, and I turn to my right, and I walk up to the counter, and the girl says, oh, could I have your boarding pass and your driver's license? Sure, no problem. I found the driver's license, never found the boarding pass. I walked about 20 feet, and I managed to lose the stinking boarding pass from the kiosk to the desk. So the running joke at my construction company whenever someone tried to hand me their time card I'd look at them and say do you want to get paid this Friday yeah of course I do yeah I, I do this for the fun but I also do it for the money and I actually mostly do it for the money as fun as it is to work here I say oh okay well then don't give me your time card <laughs> so the same applies at the gun store I am a responsible person on the FFL and I am at least smart enough to know that don't hand me that paperwork. So somebody tried to give me something the other day that was very important paper. And it was like he was handing me a red hot coal. My hands went up and I said, don't, nope, nope, nope. I'm not touching it. And they're like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, if if you know what's good, you don't hand me an important piece of paperwork. Whatever you do. So I don't know what it is. I just have a special knack and a gift for losing paperwork of importance so I don't touch it I've made it you know my rule my rule of thumb I know where my limitations are I don't know if it's a ADD or you know oh look a squirrel or you know what my problem, problem is but anyway um, Jim Kelly plays an important role here so let's get back to some of your questions um, Let's see, uh, Kegel is talking about the Walther PDP drool. He's got a drool comment in there. 
And I got to tell you, I'm very impressed with that gun. I like the Walther PDP. I like how modular it is. I like its versatility. I like the price point of it. The trigger on it's nice. The size of it's nice. They make a couple different sizes, like small, medium, and large. And hopefully they will make that mass compliant. Walther is an interesting company because they tested the P22, the PK380, the PPS, and what else? Am I missing anything else? That might be it. So they got a few guns that you can sell here in Massachusetts, but that's about it. Oh no, the, uh, then they put the Walther Q5 match on the target shooting roster, which is a great gun. And they make it in a steel and a polymer frame, uh, but it's a big honking competition size pistol. The PDP is kind of cool because it's, I would say, the answer to the like the 320, and it has a carry size and a competition size. Really cool gun, and hopefully, um, we live in hope that they'll send it for testing, or the Firearms Policy Coalition lawsuit against the Attorney General's. Uh, approved weapons roster will have its day in court and win that would be amazing which kind of leads me to uh, Kegel's question of do I see the future Massachusetts ever lightening up on gun laws or is it a lost cause it's never a lost cause if we sue in federal court so hopefully we'll see these lawsuits a have their day in court and if we're not, you know, we don't find favorably on us, if they don't find favorably on us, we can appeal to the Court of Appeals and then possibly even to the Supreme Court. That would be, that's really what I think even this Firearms Policy Coalition lawsuit is, the, lo the long game is ultimately to get before the Supreme Court because that bill would, I mean, that lawsuit would affect uh, the whole country, you know, it certainly affect um, California's same type of thing. They have an approved weapons roster. California is a little worse because they passed micro stamping technology years ago. So they haven't had a gun added to their their roster since that bill passed. They can own Glocks. Well, they can purchase Glocks in California from a dealer. We cannot, we can own them, of course, but we can't purchase them from a dealer. And there is kind of a loophole with frames and whatnot. We can transfer frames and you can kind of build your gun. That's the beauty of the new SIG 365 fire control unit. There's also, there's, there's also the SIG 320 fire control unit, which we have a good supply of. And then now you can kind of build the 320 that you want. You can get a nice grip. We even have those AXG grips, the classic uh, AXG grips. They're like a aluminum, almost like a SIG 226 type of grip, but for the 320. And it's uh, got the G10 grips on it. They're pretty cool, I got to say. I'm kind of a fan of those. But the 365 fire control unit just came out and we just got our first batch in so i'm gonna have to do a little review on those so stay tuned on the youtubes we'll do a little 
unboxing and building of a 365. So it's like, hallelujah, the angels are singing because now we can own a 365 without a thumb safety in the state of Massachusetts without, you know, you know, trying to find one out in rotation and buying it on the secondary market. So we'll be able to we'll be able to sell it here at the shop and you can build the gun that you want. You don't have to settle for the gun that they are telling you you have to have. So <laughs> you heard it here first. Probably not. You probably heard it somewhere else first, but anyway. Uh, the price on the 320 fire control unit is $399 and I think we're selling them right now at a discount for $349. And I want to thank Sig, by the way, who is a big sponsor of the Top Shot Invitational um, on September 11th. They came down and they put on quite a little, they had a table full of product. We had a big special deal going. And that Sig rep went above and beyond. He wasn't my typical Sig rep, but he went above and beyond and just did a great job all day taking people out on the range. They brought ammo and people were shooting a lot of the SIG product. And it was a lot of fun. It was a great, great time. Um, so the 365 and the 320 are both 349 for a limited time. So you can build the gun you want from that. We have slides, we have barrels, we have frames, we have just about everything you need to put one of those guns together and make it your own, make a cool gun. And don't forget, to remind me after the break, Professor Claw, we're going to talk about the upcoming gun builders match, gun makers match. That'll be awesome. Don't forget to check out date night every Friday and ladies night every other Thursday or try our range experience package. No license to carry needed for any of those events and would love to have you. We will be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary. Don't go away. If you crave versatility in a tactical reticle, the new ARBDC-3 delivers with a host of features you need to adapt in the field. A 1MOA center dot provides a precise point of aim, while the surrounding 16MOA open circle helps get your eye into the center faster for rapid target acquisition in close quarters. The ARBDC-3 also adapts to a variety of light conditions. The center dot and surrounding open circle illuminate for low light shooting, and because the reticle is glass etched, it can also function without any illumination. When you need to go long, the upper ranging feature allows you to range silhouette targets up to 600 yards, while the bullet drop compensator, or BDC, keeps you on target out to 650 yards. Plus, you get wind holds for 5, 10, and 15 mile per hour winds. The ARBDC-3 is specifically tuned to the ballistic performance of most common 5.56 loads out of an AR-15. There are resources in the reticle manual for conversions to 308, and as with any BDC, information gathered from a chronograph and ballistics calculator can adapt these hash marks to any other caliber and its own unique ballistic curve. From point blank to way down range, adapt with the ARBDC-3. Nobody thinks it will happen to them, but with over 2,000 emergency phone calls per month to our independent program attorney answered hotline, it's closer to home than you think. At U.S. Law Shield, 
we give you exclusive access to our 24 7 365 emergency hotline not a call center direct access to our network of independent program attorneys with a price point of only $10.95 per month and unlimited attorney hours for criminal and civil defense, U.S. Law Shield provides you with unparalleled service and protection where it matters most. No other program comes close. We believe an educated member is an empowered member. We do this by providing educational resources featuring seasoned attorneys, firearms instructors, law enforcement, and experts in all areas we at U.S. Law Shield believe peace of mind should come with simple and affordable protection. All right, welcome back to Rapid Fire. This is Toby Leary, your host. And join us every week as we go live and record the show. Go to capegunworks.com, click on Rapid Fire. You can call the show if you'd like, or you can go ahead and chat your question in on the chat box and we will get to your question hopefully um if we don't don't take it personally it's not that i don't want to it's that we usually have a lot to talk about so (laughs) um the good news is sometimes we'll get to it in the following week so that's the way it works around here but we don't have um we don't have let me back up. When we uh, were in the second hour and we talk about stuff that's trending or newsworthy or whatever, and, <laughs> and I was talking about the carbine class that uh, last weekend, um, last Thursday, that I co-taught with Rob Pinkett. And through kicking around ideas with him, he did a great, event down in St. Augustine called the Gunmakers Match, and it was pretty awesome. Um, but he is, if you know Rob at all, he gets on some hobby horses every once in a while, and uh, he did the um, first ever uh, Gunmakers Match, and especially now with ghost guns and quote-unquote ghost guns on the, on the uh, horizon, this was something that happened back in, I believe it was March, the first ever Gunmakers match. And he, uh, he, he's been 3D printing guns and home building guns. And so when they had their first one in St. Augustine, it was pretty awesome. Um, and they had, I know Brownells was a part of it, but they invited uh, Vice of all of the you know, groups out there. Um, Vice.com, if you know about them, are not exactly right-wing organization. And, but they had a guy who was, who was willing to do the, the cover and actually participate in the Gunmakers match. And he videoed it. They came and did a whole interview and he built a uh, polymer 80 kit the day before and so it was pretty cool Um, and then he participated and he actually got third place he wasn't a shooter he didn't have uh, a lot of firearms experience he was very nervous and it was it was pretty cool but it was brought to you by 
uh, Guns for Everyone, and Are We Cool Yet? Are We Cool Yet is one of these groups that just loves to print guns and make guns and push the boundaries and limits of what the capabilities of these 3D printed guns are. And right now with the AFT, as Joe Biden likes to call them, being weaponized towards law-abiding responsible gun owners, one of the areas that they're trying to shut down through regulation is uh, home-built firearms. I know like Nevada, where I think Polymer 80 is based, has already banned home-built firearms. I think um, California is trying to or has, I don't know which, but the bottom line is they want to put an end to home-built firearms. They think there's obviously something wrong with you if you want to build your own gun and not tell us about it. If you want to build a gun that the government has no knowledge of, you're doing something wrong. And it's like, okay, yeah, I don't I don't see why I'm doing something wrong. I'm not a prohibited person. Uh, my guns like company in the safe sometimes. So if I can build a gun at home and bring them some comfort by through multiplication, I'll put some extra guns in there. You don't need to know about them. Why do you need to know about them? I'm not doing anything illegal with these guns. They're for my own personal, you know, collection or fun or whatever. And it's kind of like, don't ask, don't tell, right? Why the heck do I have to tell you about a gun that I'm legally able to own? And I can certainly build it myself. So with all this discussion, we talked about this at great length and decided that this match should go east to where the founding fathers, you know, fired the shot heard around the world, which is Massachusetts. And we would like to see it happen out here. And so we're going to try and host one of these up in November. Uh, we're still playing with dates, so you're going to have to stay tuned. And uh, But basically, you'll build your own gun. And then we'll shoot the match the day the next day. We're going to have some whole gun builders kind of forum day one of it. And it'll be a lot of fun. So um, that you're going to have to stay tuned. All right. So the best legal protection is at CGWMA. You text that to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Where members can call their lawyer anytime with questions. So you want to make sure you get signed up. That's US Law Shield. Check it out. More after this. You're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary. We'll be right back. Nobody thinks it will happen to them. But with over 2,000 emergency phone calls per month to our independent program attorney answered hotline, it's closer to home than you think. At U.S. Law Shield, we give you exclusive access to our 24-7, 365 emergency hotline. Not a call center, direct access to our network of independent program attorneys. With a price point of only $10.95 per month and unlimited attorney hours for criminal and civil defense, U.S. Law Shield provides you with unparalleled service and protection where it matters most. No other program comes close. We believe an educated member is an empowered member. 
We do this by providing educational resources featuring seasoned attorneys, firearms instructors, law enforcement, and experts in all areas. We at U.S. Law Shield believe peace of mind should come with simple and affordable protection. Made in America since 1949. Family owned and operated. Legendary performance. This is Hornady. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Snap safe. Featuring a pry-resistant 316-inch solid steel door, 2300-degree Fahrenheit one-hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. SnapSafe, a modular safe with welded safe security. All right, welcome back to Rapid Fire. This is Toby Leary, your host. I'm co-owner of Cape Gunworks. If you haven't been here yet, well, what took you so long? Come on down. No, I'm just kidding. We'd love to have you in our shop sometime. Uh, we have a fully stocked pro shop, a very active classroom with lots of different classes, and a state-of-the-art firearms range where we can shoot up to 50 BMG and often do. Sometimes if you come during the right day, we have a Barrett M82 for rent, which is a ton of fun to shoot. And it's a big boom. <laughs> it'll uh, it'll wake you up, that's for sure. But it lets everybody know you're alive because you're firing off a big old freedom seed downrange. So anyway, come check out our rental wall and our pro shop and take a class. We just had a gun cleaning class uh, the other night, and that was a huge success. You get our gunsmith, Joe, to teach you the ins and outs and the nuance of uh, gun cleaning, and he is a Sonoran Desert Institute graduate from their awesome gunsmithing school. And so, would love to have you come take one of those classes. Uh, but anyway, before the break, we were talking about the gunmakers match that we're toying with. I think it would be the third gunmakers match. Um, so we're kicking that around. Hopefully, we can make it happen. I'm sure goal will be a part of it. And I figure. What better place to sponsor a gunmakers match than in the People's Republic of Massachusetts? And we get a lot of questions all the time. As I got one the other day on 2A Tuesday uh, with Grace Curley. Uh, can you make a firearm in this state? And the answer is yes, absolutely. There's nothing wrong, illegitimate, nefarious, sneaky. Well, maybe a little sneaky. But who cares? You can do it. It's legal. And there's no reason not to because it's fun. It's, you know, a good pastime for us gun owners here. And we can uh, make a firearm that we can say we made and then shoot it and have fun with it. And unfortunately, it even, it, well, fortunately, it makes it so that you can, own, you know, make a gun that you couldn't otherwise buy in Massachusetts. And I love that SIG has come out with their fire control units because basically the triggery group, the trigger part, 
with like the frame of it it's a very small wiry uh frame is the gun so you can buy these fire control units you can drop them into a, a aftermarket grip module or a factory grip module or one of their upgraded grip modules like the sig legion or the uh, axg or the you know whatever the uh, x carry or x compact and make your own gun and have fun shooting it and it's a gun you couldn't otherwise buy in this state so get them while you can i'm sure the um <laughs> the people in control uh and running things and regulating things will be trying to close that you know as soon as possible but hopefully we can sue them into you know back into freedomville right now freedom is on the run in this state we're behind the lines the barbed wire's high and we're calling in reinforcements like firearms policy coalition to come and uh, they are have filed a lawsuit challenging the attorney general's regulations in the approved weapons roster so that'll be awesome uh yeah um when you think about everything that was left in afghanistan uh professor claw just handed me a note about some of the stuff that was given to the Taliban. And you think about the 85 billion with a B worth of military equipment, night vision goggles, plate carriers, load-bearing equipment, uh, surface-to-air missiles, drones, Black Hawk helicopters, not to mention the 350,000 M4 rifles, there were light machine guns. There were M240 Bravos, M249 Saws. Uh, there was, you know, tanks and APCs and, you know, what the heck, man? Yeah, I mean, like, can we can we get some of that stuff here in America, please? You know, and they want to take away an AR-15 because it's a military-style assault weapon. And we need to impose common-sense gun legislation. It's like, wait a minute. You don't care about guns. You're actually in favor of guns. You just want them in control by government, which has never done anything nefarious in the past when it comes to, you know, uh, abuse of power, right? They've never done anything like that. And you want it in the hands of police, which you've been shouting from the rooftops for the last two and a half two years you know defund the police you want to defund the police but yet you want to make sure they're the only ones with guns where's the logic here do you think in the morning when you wake up or do you just start spewing this nonsense because it doesn't make any sense as far as i'm concerned any government that will arm an enemy with 85 billion dollars worth of the most sophisticated military equipment that money can buy and now they are probably more powerful than most nations armies and militaries based on what they were given and not to mention they're in bed with the russians and the chinese which are probably already reverse engineering our black hawk helicopters and our you know good technology even just our radios and our uplinks and our communication equipment um they just armed them so why would you ever take any type of 
restriction on our rights sitting down. That would be ridiculous. Um, one of the commenters says, Biden is giving nuclear subs to Australia. I guess that's important. It might be uh, nice to bring some Americans home from Afghanistan before he gets on TV and talks tough. Hmm. I agree. Um, Kegel says, can I receive complete uppers in the mail or is an FFL required? You absolutely can get uppers in the mail. If you need one, give us a call. We can ship it to your door because it is not a regulated part of the firearm. Um, so I'm sure that'll all be in the sights of our, you know, politicians as they see fit. Right now they're trying to regulate parts of guns like polymer 80 frames or, uh, you know, 80% lowers or uh, some of the other items like a arm brace, <laughs> you know, so they finally have gone back and forth so many times on arm braces that I can't even remember which side they're on right now. But now they want to change the regulation again and make it illegal to put them on a pistol. So I digress. Guys, that's the end of another show. Rapid fire. We call it rapid fire for a reason. It goes quick. But thank you for tuning in. And remember, the show is ending here, but you can always find more content and tune in at capegunworks.com slash rapid fire. Keep up the good fight. Support your local community and your local gun advocates. Together as Americans, we can overcome anything. I'm Toby Leary. God bless. This is Rapid Fire.